Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen, and this is your Daily Dose of Happy. We're so happy you decided to join us today. Uh, Cindy Chavez is uh, off for the day. Whoops, I got rid of that sound. Cindy Chavez is off for the day. Today's her wedding anniversary. Happy wedding anniversary to Cindy. Um, so she wanted to spend the day with her husband, which is quite understandable. But uh, we have a special guest who is joining us today. And this is a very special guest because... She's also a listener, and of course, we have a good history with listeners coming on as guests, so I figure this is going to like continue a streak that we have that's been going on for quite some time. So no pressure, Rhiannon, but Rhiannon Smith, I don't know how you, how long have you been listening to the podcast? First of all, welcome. Thank you for joining us, and how long have you been listening? Thank you. Actually, not long, honestly. I just... I go through all things law of attraction and just kind of wherever I'm drawn. So it's only been a couple of weeks. So I oh, can't okay. be like a long time listener, but once I kind of get into a thing, like now I'm a, I'm a listener and I'll just keep with that flow. So yeah. Hey, yeah. we value the new listeners as well as the long time listeners. So it works either way as far as I'm concerned, but. I'm glad that you're listening. I'm glad that you're able to join us on the show. And and you are a professional tarot reader. You're a certified Reiki master. Yes. You're a certified law of attraction coach. You've been doing it. You've been coaching for like 20 years. Is that right? No, actually, I think when I wrote the email to you, that got a little messed up because I've been a professional tarot reader for 20 years. I've been oh, that's what it is. Oh, okay. Law of attraction coach for only about five years now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. That's good, though. That's quite a combination. Um, and where does the Reiki fit in? How did that uh, come about? So I I just felt a strong need. Once I started this path of really getting deeply into spirituality and just learning all that I could, I felt like I wanted to bring some healing energy, and I had no idea what that looked like. And then I just met someone who was Reiki master, and he did Reiki on uh. me, and I loved it. And I was like, okay, I need to have this run through me. And actually, I don't really even do Reiki by itself professionally ever. I combine it with tarot and with law of attraction. So, yeah. So you've basically created your own unique Rhiannon Smith uh, approach that combines all of these skill sets together. And yes. that, it's the Rhiannon Smith, Smith approach. It's, it's, it's your approach. Totally. Yes. Yes. I, I love the idea of using tarot as like a weather report to let people know this is where you are with your thoughts and feelings and if we don't course correct you're going to end up in not such a great place or the opposite you know you're headed someplace wonderful keep doing just what you're doing so it's more of you know solution based and just giving an idea to people of where their thoughts and feelings are at yeah, that's really important, too. And I found that to be an interesting thing, the way people do combine things together. I mean, um, if, I don't know how many episodes you've watched of our show, but for instance, Linda Armstrong and Rita Giganti, who do the Friday show with me. Um, Linda is an energy coach, and I know you've done energy coaching as well. And she combines it with law of attraction, and her own unique style has produced this very much of a Linda Armstrong approach that's quite effective. Um, and that's just one example. I knew somebody years ago that my sister was actually friends with, um, a, a much older lady who has since passed on. She combined astrology with psychic readings. 
And so she used the astrology, not so much because the, she thought the astrology was, was so dominantly important. It was more like a way of kind of kicking herself into gear to catch in uh, you know, some sort of an energetic wave from somebody that she was doing a reading for. So the astrology was, was almost like, this is what I go through in order to get what I'm trying to get over here. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. And you can't help but put your own spin on things. Like mm-hmm, when sure. you are, especially when you're passionate, I think, like I'm very, very passionate about the energy work in particular. I love tarot, mm-hmm. but I think the energy work is really like, that's what calls to my heart. So I want to kind of mm-hmm. add all this stuff around it. So even the tarot readings are more about like, how can we create your best life? How can we use your personal energy? And you can't help but put that that stamp on it. It kind of reminds me of when people do portraits of other people, artists. Oh, okay. It always always kind of looks, there's something about themselves that they put into it. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which makes a lot of sense. I know that, for instance, Rita, as, as you may know, is um, uh, a psychic, psychic medium, but we're just plain psychic. And she can work with a minimal amount of information. If she knows a name and what the question was, it goes with the name that's usually enough for her. Although she loves to have more information about the person wherever possible, or particularly about uh, whatever it is that they're asking about. Like for instance, one time, um, another co-host, Alex King, actually asked a question that we asked Rita on the show about her own health. And, and she was asking me, well, do you know if this and this and that, and that is true about what Alex's situation is? And I said, I'm not really sure I think so, but you know, she wanted to have that extra information because it just it helped her tap into the energy more is the way she would explain it. And so I'm wondering, do you, I mean, is that part of what you get with um, the combination of both the tarot and the Reiki when it comes to doing your coaching? Totally. Yeah. I find that I can do the same thing. Like someone can sit in front of me and I'd like to know a name because I feel like it, it directs me, but I could do a whole reading like that, and that's great, mm-hmm. and it will be a full reading. But when someone asks specific questions, it's like it tunes into something a little deeper, and I'm able to mm-hmm. give more answers that are specific. It just it helps it to be more specific. So, yeah, definitely, yeah. I find that there's a tendency, I think. There's a tendency that I think most people have. They want to give as little information as possible because they figure, well, that really shows this person really does have the psychic ability. Otherwise, I'm not going to really trust it too much. But they don't really realize they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot. You know, they say, yeah. okay, let's let's see how much you can tell me about myself that I already know. Well, yes. wait a minute. What's the point of the reading here? What are we trying to accomplish here? It's so true. It's so true. It's funny how people think that. I've never heard it put that way before, but you're absolutely right. It's like, it's, yeah. well, they're testing it. They're testing yes, it. Of course. It's also funny to me how, you know, we all have these abilities. I don't know if you agree with that or not, but I have found that people have intuitive and psychic abilities to a certain degree and we tap into it when we ask specific questions like that's Mm -hmm. when we really get to the juicy stuff and i actually think i wonder what your thoughts are, are about this i think it's a big part of the law of attraction you ask and part of the receiving process is following those little hunches that guidance that comes so yeah i i guess i could say for myself uh I, for the longest time, I was resistant, and long-time listeners will know this, I was resistant to the idea that I had any kind of psychic ability. I knew that 
theoretically I did because I'd heard just about every psychic I'd ever talked with or listened to or whatever say so. Um, but I, I really resisted the idea. It was Linda who actually has been trying for the last few years since she's been on the show to convince me, you, you really do have it. You just got to trust it. It's right there. You're showing it. You're demonstrating it every week. And, and I have to say over time, I am beginning to realize, actually perhaps beyond beginning, I have been realizing that uh, there is something that has always been there. And it was one of those things that I think we, we have it and, and we just kind of dismiss it because we don't really know what it is. And yeah. we don't really know, you know, it's, it's something that's so easy to dismiss because unless you have some way to directly tie it to your everyday life, it's just, you know, it's one of those funny things, stuff goes through your head. That's the kind of yes. thing. You know, just you, you kind of dismiss it. So I'm learning now to dismiss stuff that comes a, a lot less frequently. And it's been worthwhile. It's, it's, it takes a lot, especially when you come from my background. I was always very analytical, very logical, very rational, all that kind of thing. Uh, so it took a lot for me to start trusting. I get an impulse, go with that impulse and act on it. Oh, yeah, sure. There's an easy one for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But over time, as I've tried to do it a little bit here, a little bit there, usually in relatively safer stuff, safer in the sense that, well, I didn't feel like it was going to ruin my life if I didn't get it right. You know, so, okay, I could try it here to see what the result is. And, you know, it's, it's amazing how often it actually pans out. So I guess I've been in that way kind of discovering it over time. And, and so I guess, yeah, everybody has it. Now, in terms of uh, being better at the law of attraction, I, I think it's actually more along the lines of how much am I working on my self-esteem and my self-love? And that's a mm -hmm. part of it. Yeah, you know, totally. the more that I'm learning to trust myself is is part of working on myself, um, and the degree to which I have been able to do that, that's the degree to which I've had better results. Because that's also that's how you get into the better vibration, right? That's how you get into yes. the higher space where everything happens and everything happens smoothly, as opposed to trying to grind things out in those lower vibration, not so happy feeling, pretty nasty, mean, angry, frustrated feelings. You know, every time I try to get something happening there, boy, I don't like the result at all. So that doesn't really pay off too well. I want to be in that high vibe space. So yeah, yeah. as long as I, I'm doing things to, to get myself in that high vibe space, then I'm tapping in. But I think it's more, it's the self-work than it more than anything else that makes the difference. But that's my experience. That's my opinion. Yes. Oh, so something I've been thinking a lot about lately is the trusting yourself and mm. and how it actually ties into self-love and self-worth and how I have to ask myself the question when stuff comes up, when tough, difficult stuff comes up, which it will inevitably because this is life. I'm going to lose people. Welcome stuff. to the contrast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Can I trust myself to handle that, to come to life as my highest self, as someone who can deal with this? Am I going to grow each day so that I can be able to handle whatever I'm confronted with and create something better from it, create an opportunity where there's a challenge? Can I trust myself to do that? And more and more over time, just through intention, actually, that's my ultimate intention. Yes is to always have that in mind. This is a golden opportunity. I don't know what it is. So, yeah. And even if we don't know what it is, it doesn't really matter whether we know what it is. The question is, can we recognize it? Yes. I mean, this has been a topic on the show now for a few months now that I keep bringing in. The idea that we are always manifesting stuff. I mean, that's 
I think everybody pretty much agrees on that. But so often we're not noticing the manifestations as manifestations, especially if they're not what we were asking for. If we're getting something that we really didn't want at all, we dismiss that really easily. And I think probably one of the strongest things that I've learned to do is to recognize I may not like the fact that I manifested it, but if I can be honest enough with myself to say, oh, yeah, that really is in tune with what I was spending a lot of time on, I learn a lot more from that. I do my best growing from that. It's, I'd love to say I get more growth from the happy manifestations, but that's not really where it comes from. <laughs> it yeah, comes from the unhappy true. ones. Yeah, I have a practice that actually I, I teach my students as well um, of reviewing my day every night. I spend at least 10 minutes going over the day in a meditation, but also writing it out. Where was I my, my highest self? What am I proud of? And then also, where did I not do my best? Where was I going backwards even? And that helps me to get back on track. I You can't fix a problem that you don't know is a problem. Exactly. Exactly. You got to know it's there. And the, the other part that's really cool about it, I find, is that when I am willing to be self-honest enough to recognize what I manifested in my life that I didn't like so much, I become much better aware of manifesting the stuff that I do want. Because I also have a history of, of ignoring that. You know, yeah. like, for instance, Dan Mangana, he has the ebook that we've included in the LOA Today app, The Money Game. And that app is basically about attuning yourself to the ways that you're quite capable of attracting money into your life. Uh, but what I've noticed with that game is I have a tendency to put out there, okay, I'm on the next step. The next step is I'm going to try to manifest $65 or something like that. And then something like $65 or more shows up, and I forget to connect it to the fact that I asked for $65. Yeah. How often do we do that? Well, we do it a lot. Yes. We do it an awful definitely. lot. So becoming more and more aware, again, the way I start to do it is by noticing what I didn't really want to manifest that I manifested anyway. The more I do that, the more I'm aware of the stuff that I did want to manifest. And that's when it starts to get exciting because then I start to really believe, oh, my God, I really can do this. How cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, and you're so, so powerful. And I'm wondering what you think about – the fact that today is 11-11. How do you feel about 11-11? It's funny. I I am one of the few people in the whole circle of LOI people who could care less about number combinations, which is odd because numbers are one of my strengths. I'm great at math and so forth. Um, I mean, I always found combinations interesting, but I never looked for, well, what does one, two, three, four mean? I, it, it just didn't make any difference to me. But yeah. so many people it does make a difference to. So for me... Something like 11, 11, something like that. Well, it's cool. That's like, yeah, okay, that's kind of fun. I like that. On the other hand, this particular date, 11, 11, is Veterans Day. You know, so they have certain associations yeah. there that, uh, you know, might not be part of what was originally in your question, and yet it's there. I mean, we have all of these associations with a lot of dates. All we have to say is 9, 11. It has very definite meanings for people. Yes, yeah. Often unpleasant, but nevertheless, it has very definite meanings. Um, so I, I like what my friend Joel Elston, who used to be a co-host on the show, said about it. He said, if a number is meaningful to you, then it's meaningful to you. And it doesn't matter what anybody else's meaning is. It doesn't matter what anybody else has to say about it. Whatever it means to you is what it means to you. And that's it. 
Absolutely. Like the placebo effect. It really is like yes. the placebo effect, which is so yes. powerful. I think when people say that, it feels like a dismissive thing, but actually the placebo effect can be used, can be utilized to create. I use things totally like rainbows. Them. Yeah, I use rainbows. So I'm like, if I'm on the right path, show me a rainbow, but I also will add rainbows into things mm -hmm. to, to manifest, to bring that yes vibe into whatever it is that I'm trying to create. So, yeah. You, you and Alex King, she's into unicorns. I associate rainbows with unicorns. So, <laughs> Well, doesn't the unicorn like go over the rainbow or something? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a unicorn expert. You'll have to ask Alex. I mean, she's the one who knows. But... <laughs> Yeah. She's the one with the unicorn headphones, so I always defer to her on that. Oh, Thank that's adorable. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is definitely my thing. Unicorns used to be a long time ago, but I do love rainbows. And I've set it up, and I, I teach I, – I keep saying my students, so I guess I should be clear about that. I teach um, psychic development and in, intuition courses as well oh. as tarot courses. And one of okay. the things that I ask them to do, just to start the intuition ball rolling, is I tell them to ask for very specific signs as a way of setting up like communication lines with the universe. So I'll say, you know, if you want to know this specific answer, ask to be shown um, a, a black swan by the end of the day. And your reticular activating system, which I'm sure you're familiar with, will tell, will show you exactly that thing that's in alignment with your question or not. And then you get the negative, you get the no, but it's a way of starting a conversation. Yeah. So I love that. And sometimes you can get some pretty craziness and in, in pretty big craziness in the conversation. And an example that pops right to my mind is Cindy Chavez, who normally does the Wednesday show that you're filling in for today. Uh, she has a wonderful story about how she was reading, um, well, of course, I'm going to forget the, the name of the author. Um, e Squared was the name of the book, and I can't remember what her oh, name is. Oh, I have it literally is. right here. Pam, yeah. Pam Grout. Pam, uh, Grout. Pam Grout, yeah. right. And it was one of the, you know, you have these little scientific type uh, studies that you do, you know, little tests to, to kind of show yourself how LOA works and to help you build your belief and so forth. And she was going to do one of those. So she, she read the thing over and said, okay, I'm going to do this one. And the thing, I, I guess it wanted her in that case to pick something that uh, she wanted to see or have in her life that mm. would, you know, kind of reinforce it. So she just kind of at the spur of the moment said, I'll have an owl, please. And when she said that, she figured, well, now she lives in a city. She lives in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And, you know, so it's not like a big owl population there. So she figured, you know, she'd get like a greeting card or yeah. maybe she would get, you know, somebody would send her a meme or, you know, something along that line. Or maybe the word owl would show up somewhere. So you can imagine her shock and surprise when she was working in her office and heard the sound outside her window and looked up and saw an owl with a four foot wingspan beating against the window pane looking at her. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah. And if I mean, that's not clear. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> she, she almost lost her voice saying, calling to her husband. Look, 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 what, look what's here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's nuts. Oh, yeah. yeah. That book is pretty incredible. I've had some amazing experiences with that book as well that really mm -hmm. are still affecting my life to this day. I got my dog, I really believe, because of that book. Oh. Yeah. Nice. I asked for a miracle. I, I said, bring me something. I don't care what it is. Blow my mind. 
that will change my life for the better forever. And someone had a breeder who we knew um, had a pup that was blind in one eye, so she couldn't sell it. So she literally emailed me as soon as I said it, like 15 minutes later, and was like, we have this puppy. He doesn't, you know, I can't sell him. He only has one eye. And I was like, yes, I will take him. And he's like one of the best things that have has ever happened to me. He's wonderful. So, yeah. That's great. Yeah, yes. the damn grass books are really, really good. And in fact, you asked about numbers of, a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. One, one of my best and kind of funniest law of attraction stories involves doing a Pam Grout test. And it was from that same book, the E-squared book. And I think it was actually the very first test or one of the first tests in the book. Um, it, it was one where you don't ask for something specific. You just ask for the universe to pick something to send to you to show you that the law of attraction works. Now, I have to give you, I have to, to frame it by telling you what had happened earlier in the day. Um, well, actually, I, I have to frame it before that. Cindy gave me the book. She gave it to me uh, about a week after she came on as a co-host. This was a few years back. And it was a way of saying thank you, you know, for including me on the show, which I thought was really nice of her. Um, but I didn't do anything with it for a while, for like, I don't know, a month, two months, something like that. And then one Sunday, I was on Facebook. And I was trying to help people out who were asking questions. I do that periodically if I... You know, if I don't mind, you know, beating myself up over the fact that these people are asking, you know, really crazy questions at times. Because <laughs> I can get a little bit uh, bent out of shape about it. But uh, I, I put up with it for a little bit. And that day, everybody was asking about number combinations. And they were freaking out about them. They were really totally freaking out. Like, oh, I just got one, two, three, four. I mean, what, what, does that mean something bad? You know, and I'm, I'm trying to calm them down saying basically what I told you, look, it's what, whatever it means to you and so forth. And literally there were probably a half dozen to a dozen people who were all posting the same stuff that day. Mm, so I was yeah. kind of, and talk about the RAS. I mean, I was, my, my reticular activating system was pretty much, you know, just soaked with the stuff about numbers. Okay. So that's the background. So I start reading the book after, um, get, kind of getting away from yeah. that. And Sorry. That's all right. And so it comes to that first that first test and the test says, uh, okay, you're going to just have the universe deliver something to you, but you're not going to ask specifically for what it is. You're just going to record that you want it done. I think it was within a 48 hour period. And so you make a little note. So it says, get out a piece of paper. And I really didn't want to get out a piece of paper, but I got out a piece of paper anyway. Okay, I'll do this. And okay. So I wrote down my name and I wrote down what the test was and I wrote down um, the date and, I, and okay, here's the date. And it says, put in the starting time. So I've pulled out my, um, my phone to look at the, at the time and it was 5.55 and I just died laughing. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> because what had just happened was the whole test had begun and end at the same instant in time and when I realized it was over that quickly that got me laughing even more. I practically fell on the floor. My wife calls from the other room, are you okay? <laughs> and I'm just dying with laughter that I just manifested exactly what I had been focusing my attention on for a good part of the afternoon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's so interesting to me. You're telling that story. And I've noticed again and again that it feels like there's a sense of humor. Like there's just mm. this, this funny stuff that happens. And sometimes I feel like that was a joke. That was like a private joke between me and the universe. Yeah. And yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. So that happens to you, too. I always wonder, like, do other people experience this? This is oh, like, yeah. yeah. Well, Yesterday, we had Debbie Garcia on, 
and she is a friend of Daniel's. She's a friend of David Strickle. Um, in fact, that's how I met Debbie, and she's wonderful. She has a fabulous and a very difficult life story that she really turned into an amazing uh, set of results, and she's still in the process of doing that. Um, but one of the, of the things that she likes to do on her podcast, and she did it on our podcast as well, is she says, come up with five things, you know, five, five words to describe me. And you just come up with whatever the first five words are. And then she kind of turns around and says, the only way, reason you came up with those words is because those words actually apply to you. The idea that everyone else is a mirror to us. And yeah. if, if we pay attention to that mirror, we're learning stuff about ourselves. And that's what I think is actually happening here. That sense of humor that's coming through, that's mirroring back to us our own sense of humor. Oh, I I've never thought of it that way, but that's yeah. pretty perfect. Yeah. I think that's really what it is. This this is basically the universe saying, here is what you find to be funny. Oh, that's so true. I totally resonate with that. And that is kind of a, a key in high vibe is having that sense of humor and laughing. And yeah, totally. Yeah. So you're oh, also that. being shown you are in a high vibration place right now. Right. Exactly. Oh, I love that. Yeah. 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 So, okay, well, let, let, let's talk a little bit more about your practice then. Um, sure. We've, we've got this, this tangent. I feel like the tangent was kind of directly tied <laughs> to what we were talking about earlier, the, how you tie them all together, the Reiki, the tarot, the, the coaching, and so forth. So when you get somebody who you're meeting for the first time and you're kind of feeling them out, they're kind of feeling you out, trying to decide do they want to go forward with you know a package or whatever it is, what what's your approach? I mean, how do you use those tools to kind of figure out and feel out? Is this going to work? And what can I do for this person and so forth? How do you how do you approach it? Actually, usually people will start off with an email, and mm -hmm. I I read for people who resonate with me, and it's I can usually tell right away if they're resistant, but it doesn't happen to me really ever. I think I've had one reading in the past like five years where someone was coming to me for a reading but closed. Do you know what I mean? Like most people who come to me have a totally open mind and open heart. I think I attract certain people. I also have a very strong belief that I never meet unkind people. I only meet kind, courteous, generous, loving people. And it's true. It is true in my life. Like I just am surrounded by the most wonderful people. So, well, of course it is law of attraction. I mean, yeah. that's oh, what yeah. you put out. That's what you get back. So yeah, it's so interesting. I have people like my dad, who's very, you know, very practical, very real guy, but he'll say, um, Oh yeah, well, I don't think you're living in the real world. And I'm like, no, I'm actually living in a very real world. My world's just a little bit different than yours. Um, <laughs> very diplomatic. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's interesting that these people come into my life and they come and they get readings and they get out of it so much more when they're open. And I think I just, sure. for some reason, I just resonate with very open people. So it doesn't, ever happened to me that I so I haven't put a screening process or anything in place because oh, that's nice yeah yeah I'm very you're, very you're basically blessed. letting the universe do your screening for you which is ultimately the best way to do it anyway so that's cool that's great that you can do it that way 
Totally. And I have a practice as well that I do um, every morning called the universal email where I will tune in with my heart and I'll send an email to the entire planet of my name is Rhiannon. This is what I do. This is how I want to help you. If there's anybody out there who wants to be helped, who can gain from my work, find me, I'll find you. Let's connect. So it works. Yeah. So I do that intentionally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, are you focusing on your email to be a message to the world or is it more a message to yourself or are you thinking about particular clients? I mean, how do you focus it in your mind? Well, I think it's all three. I think it's all three because it is the whole universe. It's everything. So I just kind of blanket the universe with this white light. I actually visualize it. I kind of hug the world in this white light. I tell all the beings on the planet, I love you. I intend for your highest good. Come find me if you if you feel my services, if you feel like they'll help you, come find me and I will give my best in return. And it mm -hmm. it works, yeah. yeah. That's good. That's really good. Now, uh, the Reiki, obviously that is involved uh, from primarily a healing perspective, I would imagine, because Reiki is primarily about using energy to heal. But is there something specific that you find that the Reiki gives you to tie in that perhaps another healing, healing modality wouldn't do as well? Yes. So I love Reiki because it is, you can direct it very specifically to any situation, any person. It feels very focused, like a laser beam to me. So I actually use Reiki in my readings. If I pull up cards and I'm feeling that the energy is stuck, or that the person is resistant, or there's healing needed to be done anywhere. I ask the person's permission, and then I do Reiki on the actual situation in the reading. And I don't take too much time with this. It's usually like five or ten minutes at the end of the reading, but that's all that's needed. I was super nervous to do it at first because I've been in practice. I've been reading tarot for 20 years, over 20 years. And when I first started doing this, my regular clients who have been coming to me forever were like, what is up with this? They were, they were uncomfortable with it. And I said, let me just try this. You know, I'll do it extra after our hour is done. I'll do it after that. So you're not charged for it. Let me just try and see what happens. And in about a month, I was getting texts and phone calls saying, you won't believe this. That's how it always starts. You won't believe this. Of course. And, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, actually, I do believe it completely, but they were having experiences that were really outside of their norm. Things were shifting. So yeah, that's why I use the Reiki and I found it to be super, super helpful for people. Yeah. Now, what is it particularly about tarot that you like? And I ask because again, listeners, regular listeners will know Linda Armstrong uh, will pull angel or spirit cards on Friday as part of the conversation, just randomly pull, pulling one. And invariably, it ties in perfectly with whatever it is that we're talking about. But tarot is a very specific discipline and has very specific meanings associated with the cards that have gone back for hundreds of years. I mean, it's, it's it, it in some ways, it predates the whole law of attraction, new thought movement. So I'm curious, mm -hmm. what is it specifically about tarot that makes you want to tie into that particular modality um, both in your coaching and just in your interactions and helping people. What is it about tarot? Wow. So it's interesting. Just something about the way you just asked me made me realize 
of what it is about tarot. Actually, I, I fell in love with tarot the first time I saw it. I was on the school bus. I think I was maybe in fourth or fifth grade when I started learning tarot. My friend had a deck, and I just saw it, and I was like, what is that? I need to learn more. And I actually had her come over after school, and we played with them, and I I just was on this journey. But what it is, first of all, I'm extremely visual, and the visual, the pictures – do something to my brain. I, I'm i going to explain this in the best way that I can, but it, it opens me up and gets me into sort of a meditative, like almost like a trance-like state, and I just speak, and it just comes out. And I think I could do that with other things, but I think I'm so practiced with the tarot that it just happens. Like I get out the deck, and it just starts almost as soon as I pick it up. So it's become a habit. And I, I love it because it works for me. Yeah. Do you ever get the kind of pushback that anybody who's involved in, in this whole field will get at one point or another from, particularly from somebody who is from a heavily conservative religious background? Oh, you're doing the devil's work and so forth. Tarot sounds to me like something that they would particularly react in that way. Do you get that kind of pushback? And if so, how do you deal with it? Wow. So infrequently. And, and I think that actually is because I have that belief, that strong belief of I only meet kind people. Occasionally. Good belief to have it sounds like. It sounds like a great belief to have. It helps filter that stuff out. Oh, totally. And it, it's definitely what I experience in my life for sure. And um, I have in the past year, I think I've had maybe two comments on my Facebook page where like, this is the devil's work. Don't say I didn't warn you is something that yeah. I get or, or I've gotten a couple of times. And really, I, I just say thank you for your concern. And I put a heart and that's really it. I just because it is I mean, to me. You're taking the time to comment, maybe I'm reading it wrong, and they're actually worried and concerned about my soul. Maybe it's not a judgment. So I prefer to see it that way as like, okay, okay they're, they're concerned. So thank you for your concern. It's just not the belief that I choose to adopt, but that's, that's for you, and that's, it's okay. It's all right. And I get it because, honestly, there are people who have taken advantage of other people in the past and who aren't honest, who claim to know things and they, they, you know, really get people to follow them or whatever. So maybe it was a way of people who are conservative protecting each other. So, yeah, I'm I an idealist. Right. I think there have been, well, good. I, I'm glad yeah. that you're an idealist. I think, I think that's a, a good thing. I think there have been people in the past who have kind of wielded, Things like tarot and other things like a weapon, you know, it becomes part of an agenda and how they pursue that agenda gets associated with the method that they're using. Not necessarily that there's anything about the method is because the person themselves had this agenda. And, and there are people who actually try to use these various tools to harm others or to yeah. control them or in some way to manipulate them. So, yeah, no wonder they kind of get the associations. It's, it almost makes sense, really. But yeah. I like the way that you approach it because you basically take all of the threat and the sting out of it just because you don't give any energy to it. Yeah, I really don't. And the the 
energy really truly is like thank you for your concern and i switched into that like i i really do believe some people who make these comments really do worry about mm-hmm. other people's souls my best friend's mother is very 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 conservative christian and she has expressed worry about my soul and she says i want you to know i pray for you at night and that moved me like i was really moved i mean Honestly, I'm not going to stop what I'm doing because I don't share that belief, but I, I get it. I get where you're coming from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it you shifted things. Down. Yeah. You're, you're doing basically what uh, David Strickle and uh, both David and also David in the form of the stream of David when he's streaming um, the message that he gets as a channel uh, from Source Energy. In both of those voices, he talks about taking a step back and taking that step further and further back, which basically means looking at whatever negative situation you're seeing with a different perspective and developing that perspective to the point where that negative situation really doesn't seem all that negative anymore and doesn't affect you, it doesn't hold you back, doesn't in any way impede you, create resistance, blocks, or anything like that. Uh, and that, that is, I have to agree with him on that, that is the big skill. I mean, that's the more advanced skill when it comes to becoming a conscious creator, like all of us are working on doing. Uh, and when we develop that skill, that's when we're able to maintain that high vibe. That's when we're able to have more things coming out the way we want them to because we're focusing more accurately and more um, in tune with our internal self, or however you want to phrase that, and getting the results that we're looking for. So. I applaud you for that because that's a big deal. That's that's a, it's an advanced thing, but it's also a very important thing and one that I don't think we really want to overlook very much. It's, it's too easily overlooked. Yeah, I don't want to get whipped around in the wind of everybody else's stuff. I want to be as centered as I can be, and I have – you know, practices around that. And I think it's a great way of looking at it, like back up. There are like NLP practices around that, mm-hmm. neurolinguistic programming about actually like putting the, the picture far away. I think it's so effective. So yeah, I love that. And I, I do it every day, although I never would have put it in those words. But even the night review that I do every night looking at my day, I think it's important. It's extremely important. Yeah. We're actually recording today an hour later than I normally do uh, because we had a conflict in our schedule. So we're kind of accommodating to make sure that happened and you're accommodating on your schedule. So thank you for that. But nevertheless, our live stream listeners have managed to find us anyway, which is what they're very good at doing. Oh, awesome. Jeffrey, one of our regulars, has actually brought up a question. First, he wanted to say that he resonates with you very much. And he said to thank me for bringing you on the show. So. Oh, wonderful. Oh, thank you. And then he says... Can you speak to how you experience pushing the envelope or expansion? Can you address that? Yeah, actually, um, I think it's a, it's a conscious process that I do. And one of the things that I do every day is first of all, um, I really love energy centers. I'm very big into the chakras. Mm -hmm. So I meditate on them every day and I actually, feel them and experience them expanding. I intend for their expansion. But the other thing really that I do is I I have the intention of always upgrading no matter what comes up. I guess it's really not 
as important to me to experience external events in the way that I want them to appear, that's not as important to me as it is to be the best me and approach situations as a new me each time. Like, okay, this pattern's coming up. How am I going to be different this time? That's that's one thing. And then another thing I think is just to come outside of my comfort zone. Like a really practical thing is, okay, I'm getting really comfortable. I'm really feeling like I never feel fear. I don't get anxious about anything. That's a problem. If I'm never feeling like I'm, I'm leaving that little life, that my little bubble. So what can I do to get outside of that? That's, yeah. And, and also, I guess another thing would be to always consider that there, <laughs> this is such a controversial subject, I guess, but I, I don't feel like there's good or bad or evil or, or, you know, the opposite of evil. I just, I think there's, there's just stuff that happens and there are different perceptions and perspectives about everything and nobody's wrong. It's just, they are coming from a different place and it's, it's beneficial to understand rather than to separate myself from that and say, I am better than, or I'm worse than like if there's no benefit in that. So yeah, I guess that would be, never really thought about it before, but I guess that's how I'm consciously expanding. I feel like it's upgrading. Yeah. Yeah. It does make sense to me. And I think the way I tend to handle it, uh, I I picked this up actually from Cindy Chavez, who normally does these Wednesday shows. Um, She pointed out, she, she tries to avoid thinking in terms of, is it positive? Is it negative? Is it good? Is it bad? She prefers to think, and and I, this is my way of wording it because I've kind of adopted it for myself. So I'll, I'll phrase it for myself. I tend to think in terms of, do I like it or do I not like it? Do I prefer mm-hmm. it or do I not prefer it? And when I yeah. look at it that way, and we both kind of take a similar viewpoint on this. When we look at it this way, first of all, it takes all that sting and all that nasty energy out of anything that we would call bad or wrong or evil or anything like that. And it also takes kind of the, um, it's not sting, it's more like a, a baggage. Yeah, it, there's a baggage that goes along with, this is good, this is positive, this is the right thing to do. Yes. It really can get in the way sometimes, you know. Yeah. But, but if we phrase it in terms of, well, I like this, I prefer this. Well, your preferences are fine. Your preferences are whatever they are. That's why you came into this life. That's why I came into this life, so that I could, you know, experience my preferences and, and focus my attention on the things that I like so I can really enjoy my life. That's great. Nothing wrong with that, you know. Uh, and as long as I take that approach, now I'm not, I'm not pinning it to anybody else. I'm not making my belief about what I like and what I don't like contingent on what anybody else is doing. Yes. When I, when I take that approach, well, now they can't affect me anymore. (laughs) Now now they can't harm me. They can't make me feel great. It's up to me. It's completely in my power. I'm the one who decides at all, all times, every moment of every day. And I guess the reason I like that is that it's empowering. That's the, we talk about empowerment, right? That what, what's more empowering than being empowered by your own preferences. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, your your choices, your preferences. It takes the should out of it. Yes. It takes the should out of it, which All that is morality. Yeah. Yeah, which is really should kind of leads to guilt and like weird feelings of shame and 
it's it's never coming from a good place when it's a should. So I think that is that's huge to realize that it's just the way that you do things. It doesn't have to be right for anyone else. Yeah. That's why you are you and yes. I'm different than you. Yeah. And probably the same in a lot of ways. But yeah. Sure. Well, I mean, we're all source energy. How could we not be the same? Yeah. I mean, really, when you come down to it, we're all connected energetically. So we have to have some similarity. Um, to me, the fun part is that we have differences. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. It makes life an experience. If we were all the same, it wouldn't Absolutely. be much of an experience. It's interesting with the source energy thing. I'm understanding that differently. I feel like every day my viewpoint on that is evolving. Like what that really means of like we are actual energy that comes from a source. And we are part of that source. So um, are you familiar with Kundalini at all? Some. I mean, I'm certainly no expert on it, but I've heard enough about it that I have some familiarity with it. So that's um, kind of how I really got onto this path of spirituality. I started to experience different things that were really strange. Um, and the more I looked into it, the more I realized, oh, this is what this is. This is Kundalini energy. And Kundalini is, is basically spirit that starts to move you instead of you moving your body in this willful way and, and trying to figure things out. It starts to kind of take over your life. It's like spirit taking over your life. And as this like is continuing to happen to me, with me, through me, whatever it is, I'm starting to realize more and more that in my life coming from source is, is like, more of who I am, like I am source, and that connects me to all things, which means all things are me, and I cannot be separated from it. So the minute that I feel like I want something, that wanting is actually taking me out of my recognition of being source. That wanting is what separates me or that thing where I start to get into they're wrong and I'm right and I'm better at this, like any of that separation. So I feel more and more like my job is to connect and to love and to, I guess, just be in the most positive, upbeat state that I can possibly be in regardless of circumstances. That's really my my. I guess it's not a goal. It's it's my intention, which I think is a very different thing than a goal. Yeah. How so? What's difference? What's the difference between an intention and a goal in your mind? In my mind, or the way that I separate them, is a goal is like an end thing. It is where you want to get, and an intention is how you choose to live. What are you? It's almost like what am I going to bring to this? I'm intending. For this outcome, I think you can intend for an outcome, but I I think a goal. I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like it brings out the best in you the way that an intention does. It's like the intention requires you to play your part in a bigger way. I wonder if that makes sense to you. It has a it, different size. It sort of sounds to me like for you, the goal is more of a destination and the intention is more like the journey part. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, like this is what I'm going to bring to life, not what I'm expecting life to bring to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. And of course, the journey is where all the good stuff happens anyway. So, yeah. It <laughs> and, is. And by so the way, spe speaking of which, I, I had to make a note here because Jeffrey mentioned that if we hadn't, if we had started at a regular time, he wouldn't have been able to be here. So apparently, there were more than yeah, one reason why we did this later time today. That's all. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it's also interesting that you you found me on Facebook. Your email back to me got lost. I don't even know how. And then we connected on Facebook. All these things happen it's so interesting how perfectly it happens and we just need to take the time to notice really yeah well that's just it that actually i i had a sense that i needed to send multiple messages to you because i'd seen something you'd posted on facebook and it told me she could easily be missing these so i'm going to send it out every which way i can get to her so that she can see hey we got an opening you can come on to the show today because that's what yeah, we were talking about previously, funny. right? Yes, yeah, and it did get lost. And mm -hmm. I discovered that, you know, quite a few people actually reached out to me today and said the mm -hmm. same thing. Like, did you get my other emails? So yeah. I yeah. was in a funky state of mind that made me literally miss the good stuff that was coming into my life because I took a backslide. Like, I was just – and, you know, it's interesting, too, and I wonder how you feel about this. I am not, like, all about you have to remain positive all the time, even if you're feeling crappy underneath it. I don't necessarily adhere yeah. to that. There's stuff that comes up. Feel the feelings, but then get over it. Like, move on with your life. Don't make that the story for the whole day. Like, feel bad for a little while. Cry, do whatever, but then release it and move on because I, I do feel that the opposite of like what we're trying to achieve can happen if you smush stuff down you can actually create more problems by pretending everything's good and trying to always be in that positive state rather than like there's something here that keeps nudging me that I need to address for a few minutes let's just cry it out and then get on back on track that's so that was what I, I was agree with you yeah, yeah. I think that's exactly what happens. And in fact, going back to the point we were making just a few moments ago, we came into this life deliberately to explore all of it, including the contrasty stuff, the polarity stuff, the stuff that's not so pleasant. Because if we didn't, if, if we didn't look at the differences, it wouldn't be an interesting life. There would be no interest in life. Would there be no point to living it? If everybody, yeah. if everybody, this is one of the things that interests me about, I, I've always had an interest in politics. And I'm actually losing my interest in politics, which I'm very glad of, by the way. That's a secondary story. <laughs> but nevertheless, for you, I mean, my degree is in political science. That's literally where I started. Uh, this whole journey was, was this very intense focus on politics. And as I went through all that, I learned very much what it's like to be an activist, what it feels like, what, you, what the experience is like. Um, and I learned very much about what it's like to be in that contrast, to be in that polarity, because that's where you live 100% of the time when you're living in the politics world. Mm -hmm. And now I, I see other people, I, I'll read what other people are posting online, or I'll, I'll see what they're saying on, a, on television or on a radio or something like that. And it will just really be very, very apparent to me that they're so intently focused on either one of two things on either everything is going wrong or I have to make everything perfect. Like you were saying, everything has to be just, you know, uh, even if I have to fake it, I'm always going to pretend that everything is wonderful. Yeah. And it seems to me both of them are forgetting why they're here. Yes. 
Both yeah. That, both both kind of person are forgetting they are here to experience the polarity, the, the contrast. The contrast isn't just the negative part. The yeah. contrast includes the positive part. You don't have contrast without both of them in there. You don't have night without day. You don't have day without night. You don't have light without dark. You don't have dark without light. You have to have both of them in there, which means you have to experience all of it. Yes. It doesn't mean you have to stay in all of it. Yeah, that's so the key. That's the that person. So they the want key. to stay in that negative. They want to find everything to complain about that other person who's just you know, totally wrong about whatever the political thing is that we're going to be getting all upset about, or the person who's very much the positive person. You got to get all that that negative stuff out of your life. It has to be all the positive. No, it doesn't. Yeah, you're missing the point. <laughs> Why did you come into this life in the first place? Yes. Why yeah. are you even bothering with this life? It's so true. It's so true. And I think it, it comes back to, like, I wonder, because I was in that place not even that long ago, maybe six or seven years ago of, like, everything's got to be positive and I can't have any of this negative music. Nothing can come into my world that's negative. And I was very protective. And I think what it came down to was I didn't trust myself to yes. maintain a positive state in spite of this stuff or get back to it maybe be dragged down for, you know, however long, but get back to it. And, and I think a lot of times too, people assume that something bad happens. That means you have to have a bad hour or a bad day. And actually science has proven um, that negative emotions, the chemical of a negative emotion only lasts for 90 seconds. So anything that you're feeling after that 90 seconds is a story and it's fine. Tell yourself the story, but then like we're saying, move on from it let it go because it won't be your reality even in an hour from now something new will happen and it wants to happen it can't happen if you're still stuck in the old story it's kind of like being out on a body of water like the ocean or a lake or something like that and expecting that you're always going to be either at the top of the waves or at the bottom of the waves you're not yeah. going to ride the waves yeah but riding the waves that's the boat ride that's the boat ride, and it makes you a better sailor. Yeah. It makes you a better sailor, and, and it makes life much more satisfying. It does, yeah. Yeah. You know? I think so. Ride so. the whole wave. Yeah. <laughs> stop at I one point in the wave. Too. Do the whole wave. Yeah, and learn to become, like, almost not equanimous, because I think that there's – you know, you've got to feel things like I don't want to be numb either, but I guess in a way, sort of equanimous, sort of equal and even keel. I don't think it's helpful to like get enraged and then feel joyful and bliss. And like, I think that like, I want to learn to not have such huge extremes where I'm being whipped around. I don't want to be whipped around by the outside world either, which I think is where meditation comes in and these practices of, of bringing myself back to the present moment all the time and looking at my life and making sure that I can be emotionally more stable, more sane, really more sane and, and centered. Yeah. So it's both. It is both. And I, you made reference earlier to being in a comfort zone. I, I tend to call it a familiar zone, but what we're really talking about there is not whether we are, in a zone but rather whether we are stepping in and out of our zone mm, because the, yeah. the stepping in and out that's the same thing as riding the full wave it's recognizing yes. i need i need the full part of the wave i need the bottom part the top part everything in the middle i need the whole thing yeah because if i just stick with what's familiar 
it's just going to be the same thing over and over again. Yes. Yeah. Again, what's the point? Yeah, exactly. I, I ask to be blown away quite often. I'm like, <laughs> Good way to blow phrase me it. away. This, I just want to experience the juiciness of it. And mm-hmm. actually, in the lowest points in my life, like that, those moments, even though I wouldn't want to do them again, I was fully alive. I was sure. fully alive and fully experiencing life and in the moment because it brought me out of my comfort zone. I was there. Really confusing. Very yeah. often. We yeah. were talking about uh, a couple of them yesterday on yesterday's show. Sometimes they can be, they can be so wild. It's like, stop the roller coaster. I need to get off. Yes. But they also are the ones that stick in my mind. Every yeah. one of those roller coaster moments, those are the ones that I remember, you know, having where I had lunch on, on uh, Thursday, October 27, 19, 59. Well, actually, I was three years old at the time. So, but anyway, you get my point. That part doesn't stick. What sticks is that roller coaster ride that I took. Yeah. And other events like that. That's what I remember. Well, oh, apparently, yeah. that is pretty important to remember. Otherwise, I wouldn't have remembered it. <laughs> yeah. It's the emotions. The emotions. Um, oh, God. It's so juicy. It's such good stuff. The emotions help us to remember. The negative and the positive, and the more intense they are, the more we embed it into memory so we don't make the same mistakes or so we move toward the thing that felt so good. Yeah, it's so interesting how how real and solid manifestation, law of attraction, intuition, it really has a basis in science. Like spiritual teachers have known this stuff forever, and they've been putting it into practice and helping students to learn. Even the chakra system has a lot to do with the glandular system. Each chakra is in alignment perfectly with a gland. So to think that, like, that is all science, and somehow people knew that all throughout time, because of course we knew. We're in touch with ourselves. We're part of the source. We are the source. How could we not know? So, yeah. yeah that's true. I want to make sure uh, before we run out of time here that I remind people who have not yet downloaded the LOA Today app, please do t- do so. It's free. It's available for both Android phones and iPhones. Um, you get not only the episodes, the last 25 episodes are always on the phone on the app, but also you get a whole bunch of goodies written and created by uh, my co-hosts, um, including, I mentioned earlier, Dan McGaina's Money Games, and Chavez, uh, her uh, lovely magician's guide to soulmate success and Linda Armstrong, her high vibe living course and so forth. So there's a lot of goodies. Make sure that you download and use that and share it with others. And before we lose you for the day, Rhiannon, how does somebody reach out to you if they're, they want a tarot reading or they want to get that uh, special approach that you bring to helping people to be the better selves they can be? So my website is teatimetarotreadings.com and you can definitely find out all about me there, all about my readings, my courses, my um, the place that I spend the most time on, I go live every single day, is YouTube. I love YouTube. So I am Tea Time Tarot on YouTube, but you probably won't find me if you just search that. So Tea Time Tarot Rhiannon. There's another Tea Time Tarot on YouTube, so Tea Time Tarot oh, okay. Rhiannon, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll simplify it. We'll make sure that we'll include a link in the description for this particular episode so they can just click the link or copy and paste the link depending on you know what kind of device they're using and they can get to you so much easier. Perfect. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for coming on and sharing your special uh, 
skills and, and insights. And, and thanks for being a listener, too. I mean, it's a great combination. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you for doing what you do. I love people who bring positivity in this way and empowerment. It's beautiful. And your background is two thumbs up. I love it. Oh, thank you. I appreciate yes. that. Well, thank you. Yes. thank you very much. Thank you, especially to our live streamers and our podcast listeners as well. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everyone.